Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants and controllers using cloud technology to improve efficiencies and make their jobs more strategic and impactful. This show is brought to you by Flowcast, closed management software created by accountants for accountants to help them close the books faster and more accurately. I'm your host, Blake Oliver, and joining me for this episode is Dr. Sean Stein-Smith. Sean is a CPA, DBA, and assistant professor at Lehman College. He's also a member of the 2017 AICPA Leadership Academy. He was named a 40 under 40 in the accounting profession for 2017 by CPA Practice Advisor. And he was an IMA Young Professional of the Year in 2016. So Sean, thanks so much for joining me today. Happy to be here, Blake. Given that you are in academia, uh, did you get to do anything fun for spring break or is that uh, still coming up for you? Uh, well, well, actually, so the actual break that I had was during last week. And while I was able to do some things that were fun, because the weather here was a little iffy last week, I believe it rained every single day. So while I was able to get out and to do some things that were fun, all of those fun activities were indoors. <laughs> well, uh, then I, I, won't, I won't tell you about the weather here in Los Angeles because it'll just... just... No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Sean, um, thanks again for joining me and uh, for our listeners. uh, As usual, we have uh, selected five of our top cloud accounting related news stories from the past few weeks, and we're going to go ahead and take turns sharing those and discussing them. Uh, Sean, you brought this first story uh, to my attention. I hadn't heard about this, about Northern Trust and, uh, and blockchain. What's going on with them? Yeah, so really, I mean, so I mean, obviously, right? The the whole sort of blockchain, you know, term and, and and idea is a very hot topic right now, right? Everyone's talking about it everywhere. But actually, there's there's really a a audit tool that was sort of jointly developed by Northern Trust and PwC, and really, it's only focusing on right now their their clients that are in the private equity space. But I thought it was a really interesting topic and a really interesting piece because it's really the your first sort of uh, prototype of how a big four firm is going to audit information stored on a blockchain, right? Because the actual platform itself, the actual sort of blockchain tool itself is going to automate or sort of make obsolete big chunks of the audit process, like confirmations, bank recs. And and all the rest, but a big sort of open open sort of question uh, up until very recently has been okay, fine. If all of this information and data is stored uh, up on a blockchain, how is that data going to be audited? Right. So, are we supposed to just basically trust that all of that data is accurate and you know timely and up to date? So, really, sort of this new idea being launched, I think, is the first step in how. Uh, accounting firms are going to be able to one sort of leverage the, this whole tool to help them automate processes and then actually uh, go in there and then audit that actual information. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to me. I, I, I've always been a little bit skeptical of blockchain and uh, the accounting profession in that I can't imagine a lot of companies would, would want all of their transactional information available in a public database, but maybe I'm wrong about that. So I I wouldn't say that you're wrong, but so there's a so there's a big sort of difference, right? There's the sort of public blockchain, right? That's out there that that I think everyone sort of thinks about. 
right? And so the biggest or best example of a so public blockchain, which is open to anybody to join, you, me, anybody out there, right, can 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 join it and and you know be a part of all that data. But actually, what what most companies are doing is basically setting up their own blockchains or a private blockchain. And so, so really, in a in a private blockchain, you are sort of emerging the benefits of a your blockchain, right? The, uh, the data encryption on the blockchain, the near instantaneous sort of uh, delivery of information on the blockchain, and the fact that all data uploaded onto the blockchain has to be confirmed by all other members. So the big difference is, is that in a private blockchain, it is actually organized by one firm, right? And so that firm organizes the whole blockchain, writes the rules, how data is is confirmed, how it's uploaded, all the rest. And then after that is all, all written, that organizing firm can then invite other companies uh, auditors, partners, and customers to then join it. Well, speaking of the big four, we've got another story uh, featuring one of the big four. Uh, this is KPMG. They uh, announced recently uh, in conjunction with IBM that they've developed tools with IBM Watson technology built into them specifically for accounting. And they are rolling these tools out to their customers. Uh, two of these tools uh, are detailed in an article in Accounting Today that appeared in March. The first one is called Contract Abstraction, and it can read lease contracts, extract the pertinent data, and then use that data to identify trends, patterns, and anomalies uh, in the data. That's fascinating. The second tool is similar in that it also reads documents. It's called the Research Tax Credit Services with Watson, and it apparently will look through documents and extract evidence that can be used to identify research projects eligible for tax credit subsidies. So this is really exciting. I've been hearing a lot about this partnership with KPMG and Watson for a long time now. Nothing ever seemed to come of it, but now we're actually seeing that that artificial intelligence being used in the real world. Yeah, no, and and I know that IBM is doing obviously a, a whole bunch of work, right? Both in the uh, so AI space, and in the whole sort of blockchain space too, right? And so I, so I do think that sort of the introduction of both tools at KPMG really is the start of a whole sort of paradigm shift, right? right? Because at the end of, of, of everything, right? The, the bulk of the work done by most accounts, whether in industry or working at a firm, right? In public practice, a big chunk of that work is to go through and to analyze other types of information. It could be contracts, it can be leases, it can be uh, any sort of documentation or information, and then go through all of that paperwork and then try to understand how that's going to impact the actual business, right? From a you know exposure side, from a revenue side, from and from all of those other angles. But the underlying task is to actually go through the you know, other data information and to pull out those those sort of key insights for then for then uh, the accounting function to then go work with. So, so yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, what what do you think is going to be the impact on auditing? Because so much of auditing is pouring through documents, right? At least for the entry level folks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do think that that there is that that sort of tough conversation that that is going to have to be had, right? Because as more and more of that lower level work is automated or or you know outsourced, right, to the AI tool itself then all of those individuals who were doing those tasks do have to be able and proactive, right, to educate themselves and to be able to do more higher level tasks, right, to offer those you know, higher level services, to be able to understand that, that uh, raw information dump that is being produced by the tool and then turn that into action oriented insights. So, yeah, what does that mean for students who are planning to go into audit? Well, as I always ask, right, any uh, undergrad or graduate students who are interested in in the audit field, right, um, I always emphasize and I always bring up the fact that 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 listen in the audit field, a whole bunch of the work that that is currently being done by by people, by by auditors, by these entry level graduates, is not going to be there in two, five, ten years. So it's really going to be up to us as a field and as educators to make sure that we are really sort of giving them the right narrative and the right framework to, one, understand what the new function of the audit team is going to be, and then, two, have access to the information to help them sort of get those higher-level um, thinking skills, to understand the information being produced by the AI tool or the bots that are actually doing that lower level work. Got it. So yeah, it sounds like it's definitely going to take a lot more higher level thinking yep. and, and, and you're not going to be able to get away with just pushing paper around. No, no, no. <laughs> Those days are over. Awesome. Well, that sounds good to me. I'm, I'm not a fan of paper. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Uh, number three on our list of stories this week is called No Coffee Breaks Needed. Companies add software robots to workforce. This appeared in the Wall Street Journal. Sean, I was wondering if you uh, might be interested in sharing the details about that for us. Absolutely. And really sort of, uh, I do think that this whole article, right, the, the introduction of bots and the actual services that they can do, right, both on a internal sort of firm-facing side and on an external sort of almost a customer service based angle, right? This whole conversation on bots. And it's important to, uh, I think, highlight that all of these bots and sort of bot tools are still in a work in process, right? Obviously, right? These, these bots aren't perfect yet. But I do think that the article highlights and really points out some great examples of how companies can actually harness bots, you build them, and and uh, and then have them answer you know sort of basic questions like I know uh, although we're almost at the end of the current tax season, right? I mean everybody that 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 I've ever known or or have talked to who works in accounting gets the same half a dozen or so emails from people, right? You know, and all of them start coming in on April first, right? When is the filing date, right? Uh, you know, how much do I owe? What what information do I have to bring to you? And so, really, sort of the um, sort of key takeaway 
that I think for any conversation on bots is to one, really go through and to you know, analyze and to point out which tasks or projects or assignments are, current, are currently being done by people that are the exact same thing week over week, month over month, and then really sort of pinpoint those, those tasks as the easiest ones to automate or to really have bots sort of take over. Yeah, there's some interesting examples in this article. Another article featuring a big four firm, Ernst & Young, they are internally deploying a bunch of bots. They claim they've got 700 that they've built internally, which is amazing. That's a lot of uh, bots. Yeah. I wonder exactly what that means. And they <laughs> also have apparently built 1,300 for undisclosed clients so far. So. Uh, and they expect to generate about seven hundred and fifty million from that new line of revenue over the next two years. That's all. I mean, it's a big uh, shift right now. And Blake, uh, I do think that uh, that sort of last point, right? That it's that it's a efficiency tool, but by actually improving the efficiency of current operations, you're you're able to open up, you know, uh, new lines of revenue going forward. And, and another. Interesting factor is that when you're using RPA or robotic process automation, you don't have to necessarily swap out all of your old systems to no. make that work. And that's actually a huge perk for enterprise customers that maybe they've got systems that have been in place for 20 years that Absolutely. work, right? That would be very difficult to change. You can, you can sort of just layer a robot on top of an old system and increase the efficiency dramatically. Yep, absolutely. And, and I think, and I do think that sort of highlighting that point, right, that, that all of these tools and processes, AI, bots, and all the rest aren't going to totally, you know, sort of overhaul the entire IT system at the company. But they're, they are really there to, one, augment your, your current IT, and to, two, really help your, help your current IT work better. So, like supercharging. Although there is a dark side, which is that if you make the old system work using the new robots, then maybe you'll never bother upgrading in the, at all. True, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extend the life indefinitely of these yeah, certainly, certainly is possible. Yeah. Well, I guess if it works, that's what matters, right? Yeah. All right. Next on our list of top stories, we've got the evolution of the one firm client practice. This is an article by Bill Carlino that appeared in Accounting Web uh, in April. I really like this article um, because he talks about a, a very core concept in a CPA firm that has been around for I mean, almost forever in that clients are owned by the partner, right? And every partner in a CPA firm has their book of business and they serve their clients. And when they retire, their payout is based on how many clients they have, the value of those clients. And that's, that's sort of been the, the way things have been done almost everywhere forever. And Bill argues that there's a new way of, of working, which is that you get rid of the book of business idea and that the client is served by the firm as a whole. And of course, there's some changes that have to occur when you do that. You have to figure out how do you allocate profits to partners if you're not doing it based on a book of business. But Overall, the idea is that it, it serves the client better because a client needs more than just one partner's expertise. So I'm interested to know, Sean, your thoughts on this type of managing clients 
uh, on the public accounting side. What, what do you think about it? Sure. And I do want to sort of uh, sort of introduce my comments with the with sort of the overarching comment, right, that it's an excellent idea in theory, right, because then the client has the services of the whole firm, all the partners, all the associates, all the way down, right? But actually taking this idea and turning it into a, a business model is a whole issue by itself, right? Because there are all of the issues that, that, that have been raised, namely to do with then how do we compensate people fairly, right? But I, I, I do think that the whole shift, right? Because, and every single business is impacted now by pretty much um, all the forces out there, right? You know, competition, uh, IT, international competition, AI, technology, a, a, a sort of changing um, sort so of customer landscape in almost every industry. So any business that can be thought of, whether it's a big business like an Amazon or uh, it's a mid-sized business, but any type of business, any industry is, I think, having to deal with a whole host of, of outside factors, right, that are different and that are constantly evolving. Now, if all of that wasn't hard enough, there's also the underlying fact that, that you know, internally, most firms are going through higher levels of turnover. And that as all of that happens, all of that adds extra pressure on the firm because even if those partners uh, who actually brought the business in are still there, if, if all of the individuals under them are constantly turning over, it's a lot harder to actually keep that same old school sort of model. Yeah. Well, and I saw this myself uh, in, in my days of public accounting. I, I was doing outsourced accounting work. And we shared clients often with partners in tax or in audit, if we were able to, um, and still be independent. And one of the problems I noticed is that um, we would have clients that were of different value to different partners. So a tax client might be very lucrative to a tax partner, but be not very good for the outsourced accounting team. And yeah. so we had a disincentive because of the way we were measured in keeping that client, but the tax partner really wanted us to serve that client for a good price because maybe the tax return was very uh, profitable. Yeah. And the way we measured it based on the engagements under each partner, you couldn't really get that holistic view. Gotcha. Yeah, no. And I mean, and I, and I, I would argue that, that really that uh, sort of any firm that, that, that is shifting right from this so billable hours, right. Model to a more, almost a value-based billing model is honestly going to have to have some really hard conversations internally and then really go through and, and analyze all of those topics, right? Sort of the, sort of the top level compensation issue, which is probably going to be the, you know, uh, most hot button one. Right. And then also all of those underlying factors that then drive sort of that compensation, the, the, uh, the metrics, the, the, the types of, of, um, individuals that are hired, you know, the internal training and the internal sort of job um, rotation that happens in the firm. So it's really going to be a like wholesale change into how the firm operates, trains, uh, and develops people. That's fascinating. It's going to be really interesting to watch that happen, yeah. especially in the mid-sized firms. Yes. All right. Last story. 
Why Artificial Intelligence is the Future of Accounting. This appeared in Forbes in January, and this is one of yours, Sean, so I'll let you take it away. Perfect. So, I mean, so the so the, the top two topics that I'm most interested in, in currently, right, whether it's from a, you know, educational point of view, from a consulting work point of view, or from my own individual's interest um, and research point of view, are AI and, of course, blockchain, right? But the whole... AI movement is very interesting and very powerful, right? Because the sort of vast majority or the overall sort of work that is done by corporate finance, corporate accounting, public firms is to help companies analyze their uh, data, right? Analyze it, understand it, uh, and report that data. And then after all, all, all of you know, that work is done, then hopefully after all of that work is done, then our job is to actually help them make better choices based on that data. So I do think that really AI, and it's already here, right? AI is already here. Right? IBM Watson partnered with KPMG back in 20, um, 2016, actually. So it's already here. And any of the tools or the, or the apps that are used on an everyday basis, right? Anything to do with Siri or Cortana, any of those automated tools are already using AI. So I do think AI is going to help, you know, really sort of, you know, cut down on the number of, of errors that occur in accounting, the hours of time that it takes to actually put reports together, and then three, help us sort of better understand sort of the whole scope of information, right? Because um, it can be from a audit point of view or from an internal point of view, right? From uh, a CPA working in industry, right? We're almost always dealing with uh, just a sample of the information or incomplete information or data that, that honestly, we aren't sure uh, how accurate um, that data actually is. So I do think harnessing the AI tools out there, and it's always going to start um, at the bigger firm levels, uh, in industry and in the uh, field, right? It goes going to start up top and then sort of work its way down. But but I do think that as as AI becomes more and more sort of mainstream and costs are lowered and the user uh, uh, experience becomes better, I, I do think that it really is going to have a huge impact on audit, tax, and uh, advisory. And one of the points in this article that I found interesting is that the the author argues that artificial intelligence will not eliminate accountants. No. And that's, that's of course, counter to what we hear a lot, which is that artificial intelligence will take our jobs away. Uh, but I think it's, it's interesting because there's a talent shortage. And at the same time, we're developing all of this robotic process automation and artificial intelligence. So the question is, how will those two balance out? Yeah. And sort of the overall sort of opinion I have on that is that is that, you know, AI and blockchain and automation are sort of these big amorphous ideas, right? It's like when you're a kid and there's a monster under the bed, right? AI is that monster right now, right? But if you actually take a look under the bed or you actually go into actually how to use AI and the, and the current options out there, it's actually not that bad. Right, because listen, and you can automate anything, but the underlying process is 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 flawed 
or the information isn't getting to the right people, it's not worth anything. Right. And so really, I mean, the, the whole thing of more automation, RPA, AI, you know, ABC, all, you know, all, all, all those, those acronyms. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it, it is going to cause a sort of job shift, right? I mean, the, the harsh reality is, is that, you know, base level bookkeeping, bank recs, and all of those tasks are not going to be done by individuals. Right. That's just a fact. But all of those uh, items being automated or being outsourced right to the uh, AI side of things is going is going to allow all of us to focus on actual business insights. Right. To help our clients and our colleagues make better choices. And ultimately, I mean, sort of the actual value add of a CPA, whether in industry or at a firm, is is what we can do to help our clients address their problems, right? Because in most cases, the the audit report or the uh, tax return is not really going to add too, too much value. Now, every client is different, right? But but uh, from the point of view of the, of the end user, of the client getting their audit report, fine, great, excellent. But then I have some problems now. And so it's up to us to be able to harness all of these shifts and tools to enable us to actually help our clients make better choices now and going forward on top of giving them that, that, that accurate information for audit and for tax purposes. Awesome. Great insight, Sean. Thank you so much for joining me. That's all the time we have today. My guest today was Dr. Sean Stein-Smith. Sean, what, where is, where's the best place for people to reach you online? Sure, probably the, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter. At Sean Stocksmith. All right. So everyone connect with Sean on Twitter. And if you're interested in learning more about Flowcast, closed management software, you can check us out at floqast.com, flowcast.com. Sean, thanks again for your time. And thanks everyone for listening. Absolutely, Blake. <laughs>